Well, welcome everyone to Politics for the Soul. I'm Bill Hackett. And I'm Elaine Hurd. We are so happy that you're joining us today. And today, Elaine, we are really going uh, to deal with a very difficult topic, uh, hate crimes and white supremacy. Well, Bill, what happened this past week is I talked to a friend of mine who told me a story. And I said, my goodness, that is very upsetting to me. And I wanted to bring it to our podcast and to our listeners. And my friend who lives in Southern California has people visiting from a a Middle Eastern country, and they are very dark skinned. And uh, she's known them for years. These are very well educated people. And they're, you know, staying with her for a while as they're doing some traveling in the West. And they were at a hotel, um, a Hilton or a Marriott. It was a, you know, medium grade hotel. And while they were sleeping, someone vandalized their car, broke into their car, slashed their luggage, and otherwise destroyed the interior of the car for no other reason than we presume the color of their skin as people who had checked into a hotel. Now, I can get very upset and fussy about some little thing in my life that isn't going my way. And I thought to myself, if I was that person who came out to my car in the morning after resting all night in a hotel and saw that level of vandalism on my personal property, how traumatized and horrified I would feel. And yet there is a powerlessness to that. And I bring this up because we may look at this white supremacists as just a bunch of people that are out parading, or we may wonder why people of color who have had incidents like this happen, that have been victims of um, a racial incident, why they might be defensive or a little angry and say, wait a minute, if I was that person, how would I feel? And I, I, I was distraught that in our great nation that this could happen. And let me tell you, it's happening all over the place. And I want to ask you what you think of that story. Well, you know, I listened to it and uh, my heart aches for these individuals. It's a terrible story. It, 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 it brings up a lot of emotion. Um, it makes me terribly upset. It makes me sad. It also makes me a little bit angry. Not a little bit, a lot angry. But I think the best word is horrified. That, that, I'm just horrified that any family, any individual would have to endure this. You know, you think about it, you're visiting the United States or you're visiting a state or, you know, you could be a U.S. citizen and a person of color. And you decide to go on vacation 
and you decide to visit uh, friends or you decide to visit uh, a special a museum or you decide to go anywhere. And to think that you would have to face racism, you would have to face, you know, in many cases, we know anti-Semitism, um, these type of attacks happen a lot. And we see attacks on synagogues, we attack, see attacks on other places of worship, we see attacks in neighborhoods. So I, I'm just trying, I, I'm a little bit rambling here, but I look in the greater context of the big events that we see have happened. You know, during the Trump administration, we saw Charlottesville and how atrocious it was. Uh, individuals, white supremacists out there chanting, we will not be replaced. But, but you bring it really home here with this example. This is a family that is staying at a hotel and seemingly attacked for no other reason than they look different than some individuals. So I, I, I'm just horrified by it. I think, you know, we as a society really need to look into our hearts and, and, and say that these attacks are unacceptable. And I think I'm going to toss this back to you, though, Elaine, on a, on a level, though, let's think about people that we have met in our lives. You know, not everyone is progressive. Not everyone is welcoming. So what do we do in our private lives, though, when we hear people saying things that are, you know, racially targeted? Um, and I don't even want to say racially insensitive because it's bigoted words. So what do we do if we're in public and we hear bigoted words? Or let's say there's someone in our private life that we didn't realize held these views. How do we react? So I, I'm going to sort of toss it back to you on that. There's an old adage that says silence is consent. And if we are not speaking up and we are not standing up for our fellow man, then we are tacitly approving what is happening. I have spoken up and have had people quit talking to me as a result, not that they were people I'd want to talk to to begin with, if in their hearts and in their souls, they are bigoted and make disparaging comments about someone of a different racial group. At the same time, we also have to evaluate the safety of a situation. Since we are a society that has had a proliferation of weaponry throughout our nation's history, that's a topic we'll get to on another day, you are not always dealing with someone who will respond in an appropriate manner and you could endanger yourself. So while I say, yes, it is right to speak up, it is right to speak up evaluating your safety of a situation. In a family, and of course, we've talked about how there are politics within a family. I, I just don't know how you sit at a dinner table with Uncle Clyde and tolerate that type of conversation. I would like to think that Clyde is being quiet. And maybe you can take leave of family gatherings if you have a family that has racial animus to any group. And I mean any group. That these are not the people that you choose to associate with. That can get a little tricky because of 
the family dynamics of a situation. But if you are a person of integrity and you really do believe that all men are created equal, as I do, um, then you have a you have not just a right but a responsibility to say, "Well, I'm I don't care to listen to that. I don't subscribe to what you believe. I can't tell you what to believe, but you are not going to poison." the energy around me and what goes into my mind with your bigoted and unfair evaluation of someone who you don't even know. As Martin Luther King said, it is the quality of our character that makes a difference. And as we're talking about the soulfulness of politics and the soulfulness of life, that is what we are talking about. What is in your soul? So I would suggest to you, Bill, that we each need to examine in our souls whether or not we have some residual bigoted, bigotry or animosity towards any other group of people. I am very blessed, and I believe you are as well, that I was raised in a family whereby there was not racial animosity towards any group. My parents never raised us to think less of any person who had a different skin color or background that we had. So I didn't have that kind of baggage. So I've been very fortunate in my life that in my heart, I have never been poisoned as a child into believing that someone was lesser because of the area of country they live in, the kind of country they came from, the color of their hair, the color of their eyes, or the type of speech that they had. What about you, Bill? Right. Yeah. You know, I am very blessed, very thankful that I grew up in a very loving family that valued everyone. So I am so grateful uh, to have grown up that way, but it must be a challenge if you are in a family setting now and you have a member of the family who's racist. And I think in a private setting, uh, it is okay to say, you know, I don't agree with what you're spewing and you need to stop. Now, that might be easier said than done for some people. But I know that uh, in any setting, if I ever heard anything racist, I would speak right up. And in fact, um, I think we've all encountered uh, over the course of the, the last few years, and I think it's really come to the forefront, we have what we call quote-unquote friends on Facebook. And we know a lot of these friends are really acquaintances because they're really not friends. But it is amazing what some individuals will post uh, on a public forum. And I think like you, Elaine, and others, I had to get rid of those so-called friends because I'm not going to be friends, again, quote-unquote, with someone who is making what I consider to be racist statements or someone who's using a Confederate flag sort of as a weapon uh, against individuals. So I've had that. And, and also the other thing that I'd like to talk about in a greater context is I, I read an article recently. I, I don't know if it was in the New York Times or where it was. And I also actually know someone personally that this has happened to. So I'm going to keep that part a little more general. But, but an individual who looks white 
but is actually half black, half white. And the article basically discussed how this person in settings, you know, social settings, private settings, maybe in someone's house. And typically these were situations where it's maybe a group of white people and they're sitting and having some food or they're having a conversation. And how racist some of the individuals are in that group and how they start spewing their racism because they feel comfortable because they believe that everyone's sitting there is of the same opinion. And I think they're making that judgment just based on the fact that they're all white individuals. Now we know, look, uh, obviously not all white individuals are prejudiced and not everyone in a group. And some of the people in that group might've been privately horrified. But the truth is that a lot of people went along with this talk and this individual is basically saying, look, I'm black. And you're saying these things because you are comfortable thinking that I'm just this white person who would also agree with you on your racist rants. So, and then on that personal level, I know of someone who endured the same thing. And it was horrible. And the person was younger when, when this happened. So uh, I guess uh, for me, as an individual growing up in a loving manner, not everyone had that. And I think that the key is we need to really enlighten folks and say, you know, this kind of talk is not okay. These actions are not okay. And the problem that we had the last, uh, in the last administration was that our president basically made it okay for people to to express their views blatantly and out front and kind of try to intimidate people with the with this talk and action and Charlottesville was a clear indication. So so Elaine I don't in terms of the soul and the politics for the soul how do we all filter this as individuals and and what what should we do? Well Bill this is a very broad topic and we will visit it again and look at other aspects of this rampant racism in our nation. But for right now, to conclude our podcast for today, I would suggest that people look into your hearts and think about these personal stories that Bill and I have both recounted, where people have faced off to the racism as either being a minority or you know, someone that people didn't understand was a minority and look into your heart and think how you would feel and bring this topic of racism and not stay detached when you see um, a group of uh, Nazi-like individuals stomping through our nation, saying racist things and detach and say, yeah, it doesn't involve me. It does. It involves each one of us. And so I would suggest to you, let's start by asking our listeners to look into your heart and examine where you might be a little racist or you might be a little bit off, you know, put off by someone of another international who comes from another international area. Just take a look at yourself and let's start there and think about on a personal level, the suffering and the trauma that people who are victims of this type of animosity, what it must feel like. And I say, let's start there and let's talk about this on another podcast. That's wonderful. And uh, thank you everyone for listening. And thanks for joining us today on Politics for the Soul. I'm Bill Hackett. 
and I'm Elaine Hurd. Have a great new year. And have a wonderful day.